if someone has a vision to start a business and they never take action, to me, that's a hallucination, not a vision. How do they take a step? It's not easy starting a business, but we get to do this. It is an unreal journey, one worth taking if someone has the courage to take that first step. Entrepreneurship is that great privilege of let's make the world a better place. We're going to make some mistakes. We might take some steps back, but entrepreneurship is it's about creation. Yes, I'm scared. Yes, there's fear, but I'm smiling because I get to do this. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an incredible, exciting guest lined up mm-hmm. for you today. Today's guest is actually a repeat guest. He is one of my favorite entrepreneurs in the whole wide world. This man has built some of the most iconic brands on the planet, including 1-800-GOT-JUNK. His last book, WTF, was an absolute bestseller in the business world. And he's got a brand new book coming out, which is why he's come back on the show. I got to tell you, this man's a Canadian hero. He's an icon in the business world, and he's a true and genuine thought leader. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Brian Scudamore. Welcome to the show, Brian. Well, Nikki, thank you. That's an incredible intro, and you're, you're too kind. I'm, I'm humbled. Thank you. That was... Uh, that was awesome. I, I love what I do each and every day of inspiring entrepreneurship. So it makes it easy to show up to a great podcast and share some stories and wisdom from the, the front lines. I'm, I'm glad you've had me back. Thank you. It's an honor, my friend. It truly is. So let's, let's, let's dive into this. Um, and Brian, I just wanted to just represent you. This show is designed for entrepreneurs. The men and women who listen to this show, they're all champions for freedom. They believe in the good old fashioned values that make Canada the greatest country on the face of the earth. They believe in free expression. They believe in free enterprise. And they're, they're looking in this day and age, Brian, for some hope and some inspiration, not just in their business, but frankly, just given the chaos of the last couple of years, the chaos that is still continuing globally, mm. to really believe that there's people out there that still stand for those values. And there's people out there that, that are, are there not just to share a great message about business, but to share a great message about why freedom matters. And I wanted to bring you on because I know you believe in those things with your heart and soul. Before we can really get into this, we have a lot of guests who will know who you are, obviously, but some of them might not. So could you just briefly share your backstory? How'd you get to be the great Brian Scudamore? (laughs) Well, you know, these overnight success stories sure take a long time, as they say. (laughs) 33 years in the making of building a business and making lots of mistakes. As my first book, you mentioned, WTF, Willing to Fail. I make mistake after mistake after make mistake. I, I try not to repeat them. I'm very careful, but it's always the learning from that mistake that has helped me grow. So if I go back to the early days, I was in a McDonald's drive-thru and one of the mistakes I made was dropping out of high school. I was one course short of graduation. Um, I didn't do my Algebra 12 class and didn't finish. I talked my way into college and I had to come up with the money to pay for it. My parents were not going to help me and that was fair. And I saw this pickup truck and a McDonald's drive through beat up plywood sides built up and it said Mark's hauling across the side. And I'm like, I got to do that. That's my ticket. Instead of a summer job, I'm going to buy a truck and start hauling junk. And I created a company called The Rubbish Boys. It was really just me, but a vision for something bigger. And off I went hauling away junk from alleys, laneways, inside people's homes. And I realized I could build a cool business here that would not only fund college, inspired me to drop out of college because I was learning much more about business, running a business. And off I went, repeating the pattern, didn't finish school. And I pursued this dream and started building a company, a company of one truck, two, then five. And here we are today with thousands of trucks across three companies. So we've got 1-800-GOT-JUNK. 
We have wow one day painting where we paint people's homes in a day. And we have shot shot, windows, gutters, power washing, Christmas lights. We house detail and people's homes love us. So three home service brands, ordinary services done in an exceptional way. And as I said earlier, love what I do each and every day. It's so much fun. You know, Brian, it's an incredible story that you just shared with us. And I'll tell you a couple of things that I'd like to unpack with you and get you to go into a little more, more deeply with us. So the first thing is your parents did you the huge favor of saying they weren't going to fund your university career. They wanted you to stand on your own two feet and take responsibility. That almost seems quaint and anachronistic in 2022 that there'd be a, a set of parents that would do that. What was that like for you? What did that inspire and ignite in your soul, brother? Yeah, so my, my parents grew up without a lot of money. Um, their families didn't have a lot of money when they, they were very working class. While my dad studied to become a liver transplant surgeon, and that's what he does today, they started to come into some money, but I think it was the work ethic. It was trying to inspire that, listen, Brian didn't finish high school. He's probably not going to finish college. They didn't say that to me, but I, I know they were, they were thinking it. And they were right. And so I would have greater buy-in if I paid my own college tuition. They were smart. They were absolutely right in that. When I paid my own way, I was more committed or more committed to making a decision, a tough decision down a fork in the road to drop out. And I did. So my dad, I remember sitting down with my dad and again, a guy who's done more schooling than anyone I've ever met. And he said, Bri, what are you doing leaving school? You're going to pursue a career as a junk man? I said, dad, my business is thriving. This business opportunity might not always be here. But university is an institution. It will be there if I ever choose to go back. I'm going to take this opportunity while it's hot. I'm going to see what I can make of it. And I did do something great with it. And, uh, you know, well, you said the great Brian Scudamore. I don't believe I'm the great Brian Scudamore, but I think we are the great 1-800-GOT-JUNK, the great Wow One Day, the great Shack Shine, because of the team of women and men that we've worked hard together to build great businesses with. And that's really what matters to me. I appreciate you saying that. And, and, and really, it's a reflection of your character that you say that. But it takes a great man to be able to inspire others to greatness. To me, the most important leadership quality that, that someone in business can have, or frankly, in any organization can have, is the ability to develop other leaders, the ability to see something in someone else that maybe they don't even see in themselves. And in fact, often they don't see in themselves. And through a combination of tough love and, and great inducements, encourage them to bring that out so a leader is born. And I want to know your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. My belief is just telling someone I believe in them, if I really do. So we have this movement we've created called a Can You Imagine Wall? where we have our franchise owners building walls in their own office, where they ask their truck team members, their employees, what do they dream of that can be useful in their life, the business? What are these big, bold dreams that they can plant up on this Can You Imagine wall and walk past every day and be inspired to make happen? So when someone comes up with something big, and I'll tell you a story of Andrea Baxter, who was one of our marketing managers, she came to me and said, Years ago, I see us on the side of a Starbucks cup. They used to have these um, authors and poets and actors and actresses on the side with quotes. Yeah. And she said, I see us having a quote on the side for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Cool. And she told me not how she was going to do it, but what she saw in her brain. And I said, wow, I believe in you. We're going to put that up on the wall. Can you imagine being featured on a Starbucks cup worldwide? She made it happen. 10 million cups. It said something to the, the degree of you are what you can't let go of. Brian Scudamore, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. It didn't matter that my name was there, but it sure mattered that 1-800-GOT-JUNK was there. Free press. It was a great story, but it happened because I said, Andrea, go make it happen. You can do it. I believe in you. So as you reference, it's important for leaders to develop their people, but it's also important for them to develop some confidence and encouragement in someone. 
if I can see something in Andrea that she might not have seen in herself or needed a little bit of a boost, uh, that's amazing. Your people need you as leaders to believe in them. Your people do need you to believe in them. And I think that's the most important thing we can do is to help evoke greatness in other people. And that's something you've done very, very well. You've you built a company on the shoulders of some incredible people in your organization. What's made you great is letting other people shine and be great. And that's one of the reasons I've, exci I've been excited to bring you up here on the show. I had a guest on my show. His name is Jean Taillon. Jean has been a CEO for hire and he's run four companies and he's grown each of them by somewhere between 150 and $500 million a year, you know? And the question that I asked him is Jean, what is the magic number that allowed you when you were in an organization to really start to do some things to help it scale? And he said, you know, in my experience, when a company hits a hundred million, a lot of things become possible. At a hundred million, you can start to hire certain for certain positions that, that mean that you as the CEO are going to be able to focus more on the business than necessarily in the business. So I'm excited, he told me, to help people figure out what's in the way of getting them to that first hundred million in their business. And I thought that was pretty darn cool. And you know what he said to me? He said, I can't, I'm not that smart a guy. I mean, he's a really smart guy, okay? I mean, this guy's got an engineering degree, graduated near the top of his class, but he tells me, he goes, I'm not that smart a guy. He says, but I'm really good at hiring smart people and letting them shine and getting out of their way. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, and see, I would agree. I would say there's that old adage, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Be surrounded by people that are much smarter. And I've always tried to do that. And I think that makes someone smart. It's a smart move to surround yourself with much, much smarter people. And it takes courage for someone's ego to kind of step aside and go, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I need some help. And that's where I found a partner, Eric Church, who's our president of O2E Brands. He's the one that knows how to, to develop great leaders. I know how to plant seeds of ideas of possibility, but he knows how to give them a process and ongoing development to get better and better each and every day. So surround yourself with smart people and you can't build a company alone. Um, you look at any great business that's over $100 million in revenue, find me a leader who's ever done it on their own. It doesn't exist. You do things with other great people, you complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. And that's an incredibly important part of entrepreneurship. When someone has a million dollar business, they might be doing just about you know, all the heavy lifting on their own. They might have a team, but they're making most of the big decisions. When you're a hundred million dollar ship, you're a big freighter, you're not just a little motorboat anymore. You need the rigor and discipline to make decisions a little bit slower, but you need a team of people to help support you to make really, really big, important decisions. Yeah, that's really well said. That's really, really well said. You know, um, one of the things that I've uh, struggled with uh, in, inside of my own business and inside of my own thinking around business has been this whole idea of letting go. I've got what I call entrepreneur's disease, wanting to make a lot of decisions myself, wanting to make sure that if it's going to be done right, I'll do them. And then a good friend of mine who's actually based in your neck of the woods, his name's Patrick Francie. I don't know if you know Patrick. He runs an organization called Rain Real Estate Investment Network. They work with Canadian real estate investors. They've had about 175,000 people go through their real estate programs. Really, really great guy. And Patrick just said to me, he said, Nikki, you're working too hard. <laughs> he said, you need more people around you. You need a tribe. He said, go buy Seth Godin's book, Tribes, and read it. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. So I did. I bought Seth Godin's book, Tribes, and I read it. And the number one message that that book gave to me was, you can't do it alone. Stop trying. Start getting more people involved in what you're doing. So I run a men's organization, okay? I believe we live in a time where a lot of men are lost and a lot of men are, are, are not feeling like they know what to do in order to be a good, honorable, decent man in the world. And the world's got some messages for men that maybe aren't the most empowering messages as well. So we, we decided, hey, we want to do something, especially for younger men, to help them, A, feel proud of being a man and B, be the kind of man that the world's going to say, wow, that's a good man. That's a great man. So we started doing that. And initially, it was all me. I, I record a podcast for it. Uh, I lead the classes. And I said, no, nah, I can't do that that way anymore. So I called a friend of mine. And I said, will you help me? Will you come with me? So he helps record the podcast. He runs the meetings with me as well. 
And we've got a bunch of folks that are in the organization right now. And we're reaching out to them all the time and saying, look, we can't grow this alone. We want to reach 10,000 men. We're at about 20 right now. If we're going to go from 20 to 50, we need your help. And God, I'll tell you, it, it's been humbling. It's been really, really humbling for me just to take those steps. So I, I really appreciate the message you're bringing to my listeners around not doing it alone and making sure that you have good people around you to share the burden and share the load. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. So, Brian, you decided to write your second book. First of all, what made you decide to write your first book? I know we talked about it the first time I had you on the show, but I think it's worth revisiting that conversation. Now let's delve into the second book. Yeah. Well, first book. So my co-author, Roy Williams, Roy H. Williams, the wizard of ads. He does all our radio creative and he's a marketing wizard that's been, he's been such a great friend and partner in our business. And every year we'd go visit him in Austin, Texas at his big wizard academy. And he'd always say, Brian, you got to write a book. you got to write a book every year. And I'd say, Roy, I don't want to write a book. I don't need to write a book. And one year he challenged me. He said, well, why don't you want to write a book? And I said, my ego doesn't need a book. A lot of entrepreneurs want to be an author and a thought leader, and they need a book out there. I said, my ego doesn't need a book. I, I like to write, but I just, I don't have the time. I don't have the focus. I, I, I'm not going to do it. And Roy said, listen. It's not about you. It's about your stories, your team stories that will inspire and have an impact on others. This is something you need to do because in 30 years, you've got some great stories that you guys need to tell. And he said, this will have absolutely a massive impact on inspiring other entrepreneurs. And when he told me it would have a massive impact on inspiring other entrepreneurs, I said, I'm all in. He said, I'll make it easy. We'll go to the Wizard's Tower. I'll lock you in there and we'll mic you up and we'll, tell, we'll interview you story after story after story. And that became the basis for putting together the book. And Roy and I wrote this book together and it has had a massive impact. 40,000 copies that it's that's 40,000 people or more that have read who have hopefully had one little nugget, maybe more. And it did, it did what Roy promised it would do and more. And it's now inspired me to write a second book. So Roy sort of on a, on a Zoom, you know, not that long ago, Roy said, you know what? It's time for the second book. Let's <laughs> do it. And uh, we looked at the book and we said, okay, willing to fail was about a philosophy. We want to inspire others, but woven through stories of my journey, our journey from founder to 100 million, 200, 400 million in revenue. And we wanted others to learn from some of our mistakes. But this next book then became, instead of our story, what's your story? It's called BYOB, Build Your Own Business, Be Your Own Boss. Mm. Two similar yet different things. Does someone want to be the leader and build a, build a business and have a team? Do they want to build an empire and create something? And so I give people a couple of paths to look at, and I give it a fair discussion over, you know, BYOB, let's have a beer together and let's have a chat. And I open up the book saying this is going to be a, a 90 minute plus conversation of some lessons learned along the way that I hope will inspire someone who wants to be an entrepreneur or wants to build a bigger and scale a bigger business. How do they do that? Do they start with a blank sheet as I did and create from scratch? Or do they take a proven model like a franchise? Shaquille O'Neal, uh, NBA superstar. You know him, you love him. There's a guy who, there is a guy who's taken a franchise model and built a half a billion dollar empire by following someone else's recipe. Yeah. Both are okay. I'd like to inspire someone to make a choice and choose one. They say that 66% of North Americans dream of running their own business one day. If I can help get someone, push, pull, whatever it is, across that line, that precipice of, I'm scared, I wanna do it, I'm not sure how, here's how, here's a healthy push, and off they go. Wow, you know, you, you came at it from a wonderfully altruistic space, and I think that's incredible, yet, I can't help but think that the fact that you did that probably attracted a whole bunch of people to your company, to being more interested in 
uh, buying your services, probably got more people interested in wanting to join your organization as employees or as franchisees, and, and frankly, gets even investors more excited about what you have to offer out into the world. It makes me think about some thinking we've done. I mean, the Thought Leader Revolution podcast, my podcast is all around thought leadership. So we've given a lot of thought as to what thought leadership can help do for entrepreneurs, be they solopreneurs and startups, or be they some more established businesses. And, and I think thought leadership is very powerful. If you look at someone like you, if you look at someone like Richard Branson, the late, great Steve Jobs or Elon Musk, because of the way that they are seen in the public, they've written books, they've done lots of interviews, they talk deeply about issues, you know, in Musk's case around saving the earth. And in, in the case of Steve Jobs or around thinking about, uh, about innovation and technology and how it empowers the individual, in, in, in your case, about the, the power and magic of entrepreneurship that just gets people excited. And that thought leader attracts more buyers, attracts more employees who are willing to even take less money to work with them, and attracts more investors and frankly creates uh, an ecosystem of success that maybe isn't uh, accessible to people who haven't established themselves in quite the same way. I believe that's something you have done inside the brands that you've created. And I'm wondering if you have some thoughts and comments about that and how people can learn from that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing, first of all, that's coming to my mind is uh, I was reflecting just on what you were talking about with thought leadership. I do not consider myself a thought leader. I have thoughts, you have thoughts, we all have thoughts. Some of them get followed. Some of them don't get heard. Some of them get ignored. Someone who is a, a thought follower is telling me if my thoughts are worth following. When you look at social media, if someone follows a good thought and something gets a lot of likes and traction and that message works, great. That one thought can be thought leadership, but I don't consider myself a thought leader. I share my ideas. I stick with all integrity to who I am. And if someone likes an idea and it can inspire change, great. But I think there's a lot of people out there who are showing up with a lot of thought leadership and saying, do this, do this, do this. I will never tell anyone to do something. I will share an idea. And if it inspires, if it resonates, awesome. Um, but I'm, I'm still making mistakes. I will make mistakes my entire life. I will continue to learn from those. So I look to others and I'm following others in terms of thoughts. So anyways, just a little philosophical sidetrack on uh on thought leadership but i think you know we're all here with a gift we're all here to inspire each other how can we inspire the planet to be better um how do we be better men and women and people and show up every day in life with my vehicle is my business my vehicle is something that i can use to help others build businesses change lives we just came off of uh, a week in vegas we were there for our conference for all three of our brands and 750 people that got together and we celebrated, we cheered led each other and we had a ton of fun just really getting down to look, here's why we are building what we're building. It is about changing lives. And we have so many truck team members who have stepped forward to buy franchises with us, uh, who've taken that next step and, yeah, it, it's all about building a better world and business has been that for me. I totally get what you're saying and, and, and you've done a really wonderful job of that. But let me, let me, if you don't mind, push back a of little course. on what you said around thought leadership because a man that, whose work I've followed in the arena of thought leadership defines it this way. His name's Matt Church. He says an expert someone who knows something while a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. Another fellow whose work mm. I followed, his name is David Nearman Scott. Um, and I met him through yeah. a Tony Robbins event. I had him on my show because I really love what he had to say. He said it even more elegantly. He said, an expert is like a cover band while a thought leader plays original music. And I got to say this, I think Brian Scudamore plays a lot of original music. And I think you're known for some of the thoughts that you put out there in the world. Yeah, you make mistakes, but there's not a single thought leader that I'm aware of who doesn't make mistakes. It, it's the power of being willing to put out your ideas there and being willing to have people come back to you with either love 
or disdain for those ideas that I think makes someone a thought leader. And one of the reasons I followed you and your work, and I've wanted to have these conversations with you, because I'll let you know a little secret. I get to get coached by all my guests. I get their best ideas. <laughs> and right. normally I need to pay $2,500 or more for an hour with with some of the top uh, thinkers and coaches in the world, but because they get to be on my show and speak to my audience, I get to do it for free. Shh, don't tell anybody. But <laughs> that's that's the beauty of the type of work that someone like you does is mm. you're willing to be honest enough to say, hey, maybe my ideas are wrong. Maybe I, I made a mistake, but here they are. And I want to I, I want to put it out there. And if it inspires you, that's my intention. That's a beautiful mm. thing. For that reason, I'd say you are a thought leader. So hope you don't mind. I push back on you then with that. Yeah, no. Yeah, Nikki, that's a very fair perspective for sure. And I don't disagree with you. I think that um, as long as people know that as a thought leader, um, yeah, I'm not perfect and I make a lot of mistakes. So there's transparency there. And if someone knows me for something, I just want them to know that it's not perfect. And we try our best. And uh, so, yeah, thank you. It's a great perspective. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, so let's delve a little more into the book, okay? Why don't you walk me through the journey I would take when I start reading your book? How, how is it that you want someone to use the book, and how is it that you believe the book's going to help both existing entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs in taking what they do to a whole new space? So I asked the reader to grab a cold beverage, BYOB, sit down and grab a a cold latte or, or a cold beer, doesn't matter. And let's go through a journey together. I want someone to read the book in one setting. And so I made it relatively digestible in the sense that you can sit down in 90 minutes, a little more, and read that book. And I want someone to be inspired to make a decision. If someone has a vision to start a business and they never take action, to me, that's a hallucination, not a vision. How do they take a step? And it's not easy starting a business. As we all know, all the entrepreneurs you know, no one will ever say it's easy, but we get to do this. It is an unreal journey, one worth taking if someone has the courage to take that first step. People will often say, I need an idea. I don't have a business idea. Well, maybe you don't need a business idea. Maybe you can hitch on to someone else's idea, like a franchise. So I... I'm not trying to get people through reading this book to make a decision to understand that franchising is awesome. I'm getting someone to understand that franchising might be right for you, but starting from scratch and doing it the way I did it personally might be right for you. There's two great ways to do it. Start with a proven recipe, i.e. franchising like Shaquille O'Neal. Start with a blank sheet, i.e. Fred DeLuca, who was a mentor of mine from Subway. I talk about stories of those two gentlemen. I talk about Simon Sinek and the night he slept on my couch. Whoa. I talk about people I've met on my journey and how they've inspired me, helped me, challenged me, whatever it might be. And I want to do the same, that same thing for the reader. So I give a frame of what I say are the three most important things in business. Vision. You've got to start with a great idea. Again, it doesn't need to be your idea, but an idea in your mind of why and how you're building what you're building, what it will look like, what it'll feel like. People, finding the right people and treating them right. And systems, having the systems and processes that as you get bigger, as you mentioned, being able to let go. What's the system for being able to bring the right people in to run the business, to operate it, to help grow it? so that the entrepreneur can get out of the way of the parts that she or he might not be fantastic at. So vision people systems, the end of the book, I want someone to write down what's that one next step they're going to take. What will they do from reading this book? Will they decide that they're going to go down the path and take a step? Or maybe they'll decide, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. I want it to inspire some form of action and um, I'm excited about the impact it's going to have on people. Well, the vision, people, systems. You know, at the end of the podcast, I normally ask people to give 
us what they what I call their three expert action steps. These are the the, the three best pieces of advice that they have for my listener. You already gave it before we even got to that point. So there you go. So I'm gonna have to ask you to do something else. I'll I'll think on my feet and figure it out. So Great. so Brian, we're living in a time where a lot of people are feeling a little bit uncertain. I mean, look at what's been going on in the world for the last couple of years, okay? Look at what's going on in Eastern Europe right now, um, in, in Ukraine, uh, where God knows good people through no fault of their own are, are on the receiving end of a war. And um, the world is thinking to itself, hey, is, is this potentially become uh, a, a time where, you know, the the post-World War II prosperity that we've mostly enjoyed in the West is going to become a thing of the past. And a lot of people, they're just looking for something from our leaders. And I just got to tell you straight, I, I don't know that the political leaders are giving a lot of good answers, quite frankly, to us. And one of the reasons I think it's important to have business people like you come and share your message with people is because they're looking for some inspiration for the person who's feeling uncertain, for the person who's feeling maybe a little bit fearful about what the future holds. What do you have to say to them? Mm-hmm. Well, so Gandhi once said, be the change you wish to be in the world, you wish to see in the world. Yep. Be that change. Um, if you don't like what politicians are saying, be the change. If you don't like, I mean, you know, you say we live in an uncertain world. Have you ever lived in a certain world? We haven't. That's a fair point. Right? It has never, ever, ever been certain. Nothing's ever been certain. But to me, entrepreneurship thrives on uncertainty. Hmm. We get to do this. It's the unbelievable opportunity that you don't know what you're going to get tomorrow. And let's have some fun on the journey. Let's live in the moment. Entrepreneurship is that, that great privilege of let's make the world a better place. We're going to make some mistakes. We might take some step back, steps back, but entrepreneurship is, it's about creation and uh, nothing will ever be certain. And, and thank goodness, because it's just, it's so exciting. I, um, I equate life to sometimes, or the life of an entrepreneur as being on a roller coaster, how you show up on a roller coaster, how I would show up when I'm going up that hill, I've got my hands up. When I'm going down that hill, I've got my hands up. I've got a smile both up and down. Yes, I'm scared. Yes, there's fear. But I'm smiling because I get to do this. So ups and downs, certainty or not, let's enjoy and inspire each other to build a better world. I got to tell you, when you said entrepreneurship thrives on uncertainty, I felt uh, a beautiful explosion in my body of energy. I'm like, yeah, he's right. That's what we got to be saying to people. This is the greatest time in history to be alive and to start a business, right? Of course. And so, you know, Nikki, you and I, I think, get this. And I, and I hope that others are inspired by a belief of possibility. This is the greatest time to be alive. A hundred years ago was the greatest time to be alive. It's how we see the world. And if we can sit there and say, it's not all the things we can't do. It's not all the obstacles. It is the things that we get to do that we get to show up every day with a choice. Do we want to smile through it? Do we want to work hard through it? Do we want to think differently together through it? I'm sure some of the greatest businesses of all time are born out of Someone going through a dark time, the world going through a dark time. Look at Zoom. I mean, you and I are on Zoom right now. Yep. What, what, you know, what, what big, terrible thing in the world, the pandemic, opened up this business to be one of the largest, most connected businesses in the world. It's true. What you choose to do with it. Skype had all the mind share and, and you know, they, they were bigger than Zoom. They could have done it. They paid billions and billions and billions, Microsoft for Skype. But Zoom made it easy. Zoom made it click on this link. And our grandparents were Zooming during the pandemic because Zoom made it easy. I'm going to text you, Grandma. Click on this link and we're going to have a Zoom. They don't need to sign up and put in passcodes. It was just easy. And they understood. Zoom understood something. 
and how to open up a world of opportunity in a challenging, challenging time. It didn't just happen. They made some smart moves in hard times to make it happen. That's brilliant. I got goosebumps listening to you say that, man. That's that's the that's the clip I'm going to tell my producer to pull out of this interview and, and have us share that with the world. You know, people need to need to hear that message again and again and again and again. Yeah, this is the greatest time to be alive in history. And 100 years ago was the greatest time to be alive in history if you were alive then. And 30 years ago was the greatest time to be alive in history if you were alive then. And entrepreneurship thrives on uncertainty. Uncertainty is what gives entrepreneurship an opportunity to do what it's going to do and do it in a big way. So, Brian, I'm going to ask you... um, question that you might not be expecting, but it's one that's top of mind for me. You know, the world was changed completely when the internet was invented and the World Wide Web came out into the world. We had Web.10, which allowed us to start going on websites and finding out information. That was incredible. And then we had Web.20, where we started to be interconnected through social media and powerful search engines like Google. And now we've got Web.3.0 with things like cryptocurrency and DeFi. And I'm wondering, do you have any thoughts on how that's going to affect the world and how that's going to affect your industry, quite frankly? Well, without predicting the future, I will say the impact it's had on us and on me over the last year or so. I've been able to talk to millions of people from my home. And when I say millions, I mean literally millions because I created one of our commercials at home and it's millions of views on YouTube. We get to speak with people like you and your audience from my cabin in Whistler. We get to connect in a way where we don't have to get on a big stage and get on a ton of plans. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my travel and it's nice. The world's opening up again and we're getting back to that. But the ease and the speed at which we're able to communicate with massive amounts of people is unbelievable. We have every single day, and we'll have one today at 10.55 a.m., our huddle, our daily stand-up meeting where we come together. It used to be a couple hundred people in a big room at the junction in Vancouver and in Toronto, our two offices. Now we do it through the internet, through Zoom. And we get hundreds of people showing up, sharing good news and stories. In seven minutes, we've got this format that's pure energy and love. And it's exciting. And it used to be that you'd show up to a huddle and someone would be on stage in a room physically running the huddle. And you'd see everybody's backs because you're all looking forward to the stage. Zoom, now we get to see everyone's smiling faces on Zoom. You know, 49 people that you can scroll through at a time to go, wow, look at these people. This is who we're building this great business with. And the world changing opened us up to now hiring people. Literally, we've got some developers in India. We've got people on our team in not just Vancouver, but Calgary, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, throughout the United States. This is a different way of working which took some adjustment and is still taking adjustment. But what an opportunity to be able to have people have the freedom now to live and work wherever they like. That's been the game changer. Just listening to you say that was just absolutely incredible. And how do you see the world of of things like cryptocurrency and and, uh, decentralized finance panning out do you see that being adopted by businesses as a way to pay as a way to conduct and transact business you know what i'm I'm still trying to figure out and understand crypto and uh you know i've made it clear i'm not the smartest guy in the room so i'm a little slower at figuring it out but I've, i've been trying um i don't necessarily understand the opportunity um i'm trying to be open to you know i i understand the whole i think blockchain is bigger than crypto I think it's what that could do for the world. Um, But there's so much technology and it changes so quickly. I don't know how you feel, but sometimes I just go, man, this is overwhelming. Like the world is moving so fast sometimes that, you know, tomorrow we're going to hear about another game changing technology. And then what do you do with that? 
And, you know, I've been watching lately. I've been enjoying, I'm not a big TV guy, but I got hooked on Super Pumped, which is the story of Uber. And I also got hooked on We Crash, which is the story of WeWork. And I look at both of those businesses while they didn't treat people very well and there's, you know, improvements needed to be made in their, in their culture. Great visionaries, big visions changing so quickly. And I think that that's what visionary entrepreneurs can do is they can latch onto something new and educate, excite, ignite, get stoked about something that is a massive new opportunity. Crypto is one of those. And there's always a new technology. There's always something new. Um, what an opportunity for people to take something and, and make something of it and educate the world. I mean, I didn't understand getting in a, a, an Uber and why the value was there over a taxi. And you know, once you ride in a black car and you get the Uber experience and you understand, it, it does make a difference. Um, so again, just exciting opportunities each and every day for us. Yeah, the, the blockchain really is a revolutionary concept. I mean, the idea that you can, in a decentralized way, have an entire network of dispersed servers validate every single interaction and transactions powerful. Basically, it, it helps disintermediate things like banks and, and yeah. stockbrokers from, from being involved in financial transactions. But the power of the blockchain can also be applied to things that have nothing to do with banking and finance. You can actually start doing elections over the blockchain and there'll never be any voter fraud because you can't have fraud. Every, every person that votes is going to need to have been given a key. That key is going to be pre-validated. And once they put their vote in, it, it's all across the blockchain and it can't be changed. So a lot of people who are concerned about elections being uh, insecure these days, I mean, rightly so, because you've seen a whole bunch of shenanigans all over the world with that, this could solve that problem easily. You could you could create an event and sell tickets over the blockchain and transfer tickets to people over the blockchain. Mm -hmm. you, you could have communications with, with various offices over the blockchain. I just find this technology to be fascinating and I'm always interested in hearing what business owners like you have to say about it and how it could be integrated into their business. So I'm glad that you're grappling with the question. I'd love to maybe have you back in six months or a year and see if your thoughts on this have evolved in any way and, and what, what ways you think it might be affecting the business going forward. Because in my opinion, where we are with the blockchain right now is where we were with e-commerce back in 1995. And, and it's, it's going to be big and it's going to be huge. I don't know exactly how either, and it is overwhelming, but wow, pretty amazing yeah. stuff. Well, it begs the question, what can you imagine? And that's to me, possibility thinking is what can you imagine? What can crypto and Bitcoin and Web 3.0, what can these things be? What can they do for us to make our lives better and easier? It's, uh, it's a great question. And like you said, you don't know how, you don't know what, but they will be impactful, whether it's elections or something different. It's, uh, there's so many opportunities. Really, it, it's something I'm giving a fair amount of thought to just because I think the world is moving in that direction pretty quickly. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Jeffrey Moore's book, uh, Crossing the Chasm, where he goes into the adoption of new technology, I think we're just getting out of the stage where the crazy kooks are all interested in the brand new thing. And it's starting to get into that early adopter phase. And once it's deeply into that early adopter phase, uh, I, I think we're going to see the world change completely. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, myself. So, so Brian, you know what, now that I've um, had us speak a bit more after you told us about those three steps, I'd, I'd like you to think about what are three things, three expert action steps, if you will, that you think people listening to this show could benefit from implementing. I, I know for me, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to put up that uh, imagine the change wall up inside my, my house with, with my family and also in my business. But I, I'm wondering what you think people ought to take away from this and move on right away. Yeah. So first the, the, can you imagine? Well, I mean, the, the question, can you imagine it, it just, when that's up on a wall, everything else that can surround it is pure possibility. Yeah. So your family, your kids, anyone that you just go, what can you imagine? And it gets people thinking big, dreaming big, 
and we're all here to do big things. So my, my three things would be still back to the three I gave you earlier, because I think it's everything in a business vision, people, and systems. Yeah. What's your vision for what you are trying to build? It could be a life and a family you're trying to build, but what is it you're trying to build? If it's a business, pick a five-year moment in time and say, what does it look like? How does it feel? What are we known for? What are we best at? Why do people why do love this? Vision. What's your vision of the future, your painted picture? People. How do you find the right people? And it starts with finding one right person to help you build out your vision. How do you build a team of people that will allow you to build out your vision from just an idea to reality? And then lastly, systems. Are you looking at this in an organized systemic way? Who is helping you to look at your KPIs, your numbers? How are you tracking towards getting to that five-year goal, that five-year vision? Do you have, I always talk about Michael Gerber's The E-Myth Revisited, the best book on systems, building out processes to make sure that the people that you bring in are going through the right checklists and processes to ensure that their business is built out in uh, an effective way. So vision, people, systems. Uh, I talk more about it in my book. I talk more about it on the internet. I, I love those topics and I'm passionate about entrepreneurship. And again, while it's not easy, it's an awesome challenge. It's so much fun. And I think if people hone in on finding a vision first and foremost of what it looks like and why they want to build what they want to build, the rest will follow. Yeah, these are absolutely brilliant. The Can You Imagine wall is very powerful too. I think it, it'll, it'll really inspire people to dream big, to think big, and quite frankly, to get out of their comfort zone and going after what they really want rather than settling for what they think they can achieve. And I think that's something everybody's got to do is however way you're thinking right now, think bigger, think for what you truly, truly want. And that, that to me is the thing I'm going to move on right away, but absolutely vision, people, systems are very, very powerful. And if there's one step people can take right away, Brian, what's that step? Uh, it's an interesting step. And I don't want this to sound like it's promotional towards me because it's not, but go Google Brian Scudamore. Ellen DeGeneres. We were on the Ellen DeGeneres show last week or two weeks ago. Wow. Talking about, can you imagine? So one of my, can you imagines was, can you imagine if we were on the Ellen DeGeneres show? I wrote about <laughs> it in WTF. I said in WTF, we will get on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I gave Ellen a book when I first met her and I said, we will be on your show. I don't know how, but we will. And here we are. And so the reason why I tell people to search for that clip on YouTube, Brian Scudamore and Ellen, is you will see me talk about and show up with a can you imagine movement that I present to someone, Darrell, a teacher from a school in Washington, D.C., and how we're going to help him and his students build a can you imagine wall. And I think when you see that, you get it. It made Ellen cry. Uh, you know, we, we all sort of got welled up over a movement of greatness and building a Can You Imagine wall is some easy next step. So uh, that's my actionable item. That's your third book, my friend. The title is Can You Imagine? And you're going to write about well, how to do that, <laughs> brother. That's that's what the world is going to need from you next. Well, you, 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 uh, you're, you're intuitive because uh, that is the third book. And uh, this week I have my first conversation with Roy H. Williams on the content for that third book. And you're right. It is called Can You Imagine? So it's pretty <laughs> funny. This is, the, this is the first place it gets documented that uh, the third book is happening. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, my friend. You know what? Would you be willing to introduce me to Roy? I'd like to interview him on my podcast. He sounds like a fascinating fellow. Yeah, I will absolutely do that. Absolutely. Yeah, God bless your heart for doing that. Brian, that was awesome. That was awesome. What a great way to end off the show, I'll tell you. So, so folks, fun. Brian's new book, BYOB, 
Build Your Own Business, Be Your Own Boss, is being released on April 5th. This show will be out next week, so it'll actually be released by then. Go on Amazon, order yourself a copy. In fact, do yourself a favor. Order yourself five copies, one for yourself and one for four people you really care about, four people who you believe in very much. Give this book to them. Tell them, read it in one sitting. Put away your devices and read the book in one sitting. Have a notebook open, not a computer, not another device, a good old-fashioned paper notebook with a pen, just like I've got here. I've been taking notes from my conversation with Brian. I've got my pen handy here. Do that, and he's got a action step at the end of the book. And make sure that you take that action. You do that, your business will change, your life will change, and you will move yourself forward from a trajectory of huge success faster than you ever dreamed possible. Make sure that you do this. Don't just buy one book, buy five books. Give away copies to your friends. Do this, do this, do this right away. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm buying 30 books and I'm gonna make sure that I give them to a whole bunch of my friends and clients right away because I believe in this man. I believe in his message and I believe in what he's trying to do for the world. So you make sure that you do that too. And if you enjoyed this conversation, remember, we never charge for this show. We don't even have a sponsor for this show. It's absolutely free, but there is a fee to pay. What's the fee? The fee is that if you love the conversation, if you love what Brian's talking about, share it with a friend. Don't be stingy. Don't just keep it to yourself. The world needs good messages to go viral. And I'm double dog daring you. Can you imagine everybody listening to this show, sharing it with just one person? Can you imagine? We double the reach that we have right away. And imagine if you also challenge them that if they love the show, they ought to share it with somebody. Imagine this, this episode going viral and this message of inspiration and hope and power reaches so many more people than it otherwise could. Can you imagine? What a beautiful question. Brian Scudamore, my friend, it's an honor to be here with you again. You're coming to speak for us at our event on May 13th, 14th. And I think we'll talk about your new book, but I'd, I'd love it if we could talk about this Can You Imagine concept. And I want to be one of the people that helps build the Can You Imagine movement with you. Would you let me do that? I want to be one Thank of you. your leaders in that movement, my friend. I, I would love that. The world helps build out this movement. I mean, it'll be life-changing, game-changing for people and for businesses. And would love to have you as an ambassador of Can You Imagine. So thank you, Nikki, my friend. Uh, enjoyed our conversation as I always do and look forward to our May 13th uh, reconnect. Me too, my friend. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Brian Scudamore, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, check out the show notes, or go to wherever you happen to listen to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Audible. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.